Episode 5 of Ours is the Fury. We have another jam-packed episode this week. We are going to review the FC Edmonton game in the Voyagers Cup. We're going to talk about the last NASL loss against the Atlanta Silverbacks, as well as preview the uh, game against Tampa Bay next week. We do have our regular crew with us, uh, Blocksmith. Hey, how you doing? Ryan. Hello. And myself. And uh, to re- replacing Kendra this week is going to be Matt. How's it going? Hey, Matt. So... You know, we're all pretty obsessed with soccer. I mean, Ryan watches every North American soccer game he can get his hand on, and uh, he's a big Sounders fan. Sounders. And Dayton Dutch Lions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tim, uh, I mean, we started writing about uh, a Fury soccer team before they even existed. Uh, I mean, I'm obviously obsessed with soccer myself, following Canadian players in the seventh division in Germany and so on. But I think you take it to a whole other level. Tell our listeners, what are you doing your PhD in, Matt? I uh, do research with Argentinian soccer fans. So I spent uh, over a year in Argentina, went to over 60 live matches. Great. And uh, how would you say the support culture in Ottawa compare to support culture in Argentina? We're getting there, I think. No, we're not even close. It's a completely different world in Argentina. How so? Uh, in the professional top division, you're going to have at least 20,000 people in a stadium. In the city of Buenos Aires, there's more than uh, 40 professional teams over four different divisions. So that's a city of 10 million people with 40 t- different teams, each with their own stadium. Uh, I traveled more than 14, 15 hours on buses to matches uh, across all of Argentina. So it's just a a whole different level of fanaticism. For sure. But despite um, you following Argentinian football very closely, you also support grassroots soccer. And uh, I'm assuming you're quite excited to to have a professional team in, in your city as well now. Yeah, I definitely. I've been to every Fury game. Uh, I've been preparing for this for more than a year. So it's definitely something to be proud of, to have your own soccer team to support it. Here. Yeah, I do remember you from the early days, uh, PDL, last <laughs> summer. Like we've, we've come a long way uh, since then, and uh, it's only going to get better with the new stadium and, and all that. So um, let's, why don't we go right into it and discuss the FC Edmonton loss, which, you know, killed my spirit. <laughs> that was a tough loss. Uh, there was uh, some streaming problems at the beginning of the game. I think yeah, that was o- almost the most frustrating aspect of the entire evening. So for those listeners who don't know, the first 40 minutes or so of the game, instead of the soccer stream, it was Modern Family, I believe, and Is then another... Story? 
stupid show after that. Yeah, some CS, CSI show. So we couldn't even see our team play and, how, and, and watch how they fare. So there was that. <laughs> it was kind of disappointing for... Uh, there was a lot of people that got together at different places around town to see the match. And uh, just, everyone's just sitting there waiting for the game. And it didn't start working until when, like, the 43rd minute of the first half? Just in time for halftime. Just in time yeah. for halftime. And, yeah, so that was, that was something, uh, something Canadian, the Canadian Soccer Association. It's not their fault, necessarily. We don't know where the fault is. Maybe breakfast television. But you know maybe. what? They do have to sort of take responsibility for it, even though it was another party that was involved in the streaming. Like, this is their tournament. Like, if they can't find a capable partner, find a different one that's able to do it. And, and at least like apologize to your to your audience. Like I didn't see in their Twitter feed anything like we apologize, thanks for your patience or anything like that. It was yeah. just sort of like them shifting the blame to someone else, saying, uh, "Yeah, it's another party that we're we're negotiating with them right now." So yeah. and these games have to be on TV. Like it's the Canadian, like it's the Voyagers Cup, like it's our Cup Championship. So and of course they will be next round, but we won't be part of that. So. Unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is such a tough loss for the city. I mean, Montreal Impact, who is, of course, the team we would have played in the next round, they would have brought a lot of people to the city. And, of course, we would have uh, drummed up a lot of people as well. And we would have taken some buses to, to Montreal. And it just would have been a great time all around. It would have really raised the exposure of the game. And really, like, build that rivalry. Like, maybe, you know, something for the future, too. I know Vancouver and Edmonton, they have a friendly rivalry. I don't think Ottawa-Montreal would have a friendly rivalry. I think it'd be... I don't think Montreal does friendly. Yeah, I don't think Montreal does friendly rivalry, so even better, yeah. So So let's talk about the game itself, of what we did see. So, I mean, the highlight, like, the headlight of the night was, of course, that uh, wonder child... Hansen Boakai, who single-handedly took us apart. I mean, he scored a goal and had two assists, and uh, he was just unstoppable. And, of course, the biggest punch in the face is that this kid had his high school graduation the day after. <laughs> uh, he was speedy, and then we got killed on the counter. We were pressing really high, and we got killed, like, twice. We got burned really bad. Um, and Omar Jarun was definitely a mismatch against a quirky little dribbler. Like, he... Uh, he, he was just, like, the Ansem Boakai was, like, running laps around him. Yeah, and it came right at him, too, like, on purpose. Jerome got lost all over the field. It was pretty disappointing, really. On the first goal, he followed him out to the wing and was just completely left out of the center of the field. Yeah, I think I didn't like uh, Richie Ryan's game at all. I thought uh, I thought the last two goals were uh, squarely on him, like uh, the, se- or the second goal. Where he made that just awful bad pass mm-hmm. to Jeroen and Boakai just went around him. And the third goal, you could see Richie Ryan's playing behind the defenseman, and he's he doesn't even know where the ball's going, and he's just out of position. Yeah, he looked like a headless chicken at times. Yeah, yeah I think that's why he probably didn't play in the Atlanta game. Do you think Ryan was suffering from some fatigue? I think the whole team was. Yeah. I don't think there was. This, I I think except for Elias coming in at the end, who played really well. I think all the uh, all the players uh, looked fatigued. I read that Ryan pulled something right before the Atlanta game, like in warm-up. He injured in warm-up. So. Was that him? I was wondering that. Yeah, I heard he, he injured in warm-up. So I don't know if it was the coach's decision to take him out or if there's actually an injury. And I don't know if he'll be here this Saturday for Tampa. So 
another injury to add to the list. I know this is not an FC Edmonton podcast, but I thought it was quite remarkable that Colin Miller uh, didn't play Hansen Boakai in the next NASL match. I mean, you, you gotta play that player after a performance like that. And of course, uh, FC Edmonton still have uh, they still have uh, yet to win in the league. So yeah, that just boggles my mind. Yeah, they've had, well, they've had uh, the same schedule the Fury have, a condensed schedule, and now it's even more condensed playing the next two weeks against Montreal. I don't know. If I was an FC Edmonton fan, I would definitely want to see him out as much as possible. He's, he's Yeah, and especially because you don't know how long he's actually going to stay there because, you know, like there might be some scouts watching and, you know, some people may have more money to spend than Edmonton, so... Yeah, we had the argument, I was saying MLS, you are saying Europe. Well, I mean, he did go to Fortuna Düsseldorf, which is, of course, of course the same team that Samuel Piat is at right now and had a trial there, and they were highly interested in signing him. And I mean, that's just one option. I, I can see him at an even more high-profile destination in Europe, to be honest. Yeah, big, big expectations for him for both guys. So. Yeah, and I mean, he's great to watch. I just wish he was playing for us and not that many. <laughs> What about uh, Hamas Elias? What did we think? Well, he's our Hansen Boakai answer, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> he's, uh, he's a similar type of player. He's a little guy, fast, can dribble. He has good vision. But he's, he's more, even more of an unfinished product. I mean, he's a diamond in the rough. But what I've seen from him, very impressive. Yeah, he had a great game against Edmonton. He uh, was really fast and he ran at defenders. and uh, He's a great passer. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it was no surprise when I... Uh, <clears throat> when um, Mark DeSantos uh, named him in the starting list for uh, the Atlanta game. Speaking of the Atlanta game, of course, that was the second loss in the week um, when we uh, succumbed to Atlanta 2-1. Uh, I actually wasn't. Uh, I actually couldn't watch the first half because I was in Montreal shopping. <laughs> so uh, what's, Ryan, what's important? To can you? you sum up the first half for our listeners? Uh, uh, both teams came out terribly slow. Uh, um, Ottawa looked fatigued right off the bat. Well, I think they did fairly well. I'd say the fi first opening 15 minutes were their best in the whole game. There were some cu couple of good chances uh, going towards the Atlanta goal. Obviously, they have trouble finishing, as always. But uh, it started to go downhill from there. And you can't really blame the team to, to be tired. I mean, they, they had to go all the way to Edmonton, which already is a long trip, and then all the way from Edmonton to Atlanta, which is even longer, I, th I think. <laughs> yeah. my, if my geography is correct. Uh, Learning North America with John. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, those are ridiculous distances. Um, to, to do two of those trips in the week is, is quite a lot to ask. And let's not forget how packed their schedule was. So, of course, they're going to be tired. But, like, I wish our squad was deeper and we could rotate more, but then we have all these injuries, so you can't really blame Mark Dos Santos for, for not rotating the squad either. Yeah, we definitely have uh, depth problems. I mean, uh, striker, we have uh, Heinemann. I know we, uh, last podcast we said uh, how we didn't like Hayworth being in the, uh, at the striker role. But now it's Dantas. Dantas finally played the Atlanta game. He finally played a... Uh, a 90-minute game, which is good to see. And he did get a chance early on. He kicked her right at the keeper. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's in. Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, center back seems to be a problem. Uh, I know Jeroen got injured earlier on. 
Becky and the uh, Trafford have played every single game, and it uh, it kind of showed that uh, that game they were kind of they were kind of weak. They uh. Yeah, and Becky of course didn't have the greatest of games. I mean, he was at fault. Uh, we for think both both games. Goals, yeah. I'm pretty pretty sure. But he saved one with his face. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. You guys think he got he was unconscious there for a second? Uh, he was knocked out. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, he should. I thought they should have took him off right away. Yeah, just I, to make sure. Eh? I'm surprised they let him play. Yeah, yeah that's dangerous. Uh, I know. Bordering on concussion. Like, uh, he got it straight to the face. I mean, full force. Yeah, Trafford came over and, like, rolled him over. And then checked to see if he had, he had swallowed his tongue or not. Yeah, they went to pull, pulled out his tongue, like, to see if he swallowed his tongue. And he's... Yeah. Yeah, and plus they, he probably flew home with the team, too, after, which is also dangerous. Right. Dr. Ryan. Doctor, <laughs> welcome to Dr. Ryan's podcast. I had this rash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after the podcast, we'll take a look at it. No, but uh, to go back to, uh, go back to the first goal especially, uh, um, the Atlanta player was completely unmarked. Completely. He was left completely alone. And uh, there's no excuse for that. Like, that's something that needs, I wanna, would like to see better. Yeah, there's a lot of ball watching in the back. Perry at the center, they lose their positioning, they get caught out, and they don't recover. It's pretty disappointing. But uh, maybe that's something in the summer to look forward to some improvements. I don't know. So in the case of Omar Jaroon, I mean, we discussed this in the in the previous game review. I mean, I was very anti-Jaroon after that game, and I was happy that he wasn't starting. But this was the type of game where Jaroon actually would have helped a lot. I mean... Both goals that were scored on on us were headers, and like those extra inches on him probably would have prevented the goals. And uh, I mean, when he did come on, and later on in the second half, he scored a goal. Um, but that was when he was moved to striker. So I, I, I do like his size, and I think uh, he needs to improve on his speed to really be a starting player for this team. I think. He makes a really good argument for his physicality in this league, but as it is right now, I think we are having a lot of problems on positions. Yeah, it it can't be the only defining feature that he has is like he's a beast. There has to be something else besides that. I think he plays pretty well positionally most of the time. I know they got caught out. I'm talking about the Atlanta game. I know the uh, left and right backs for Sengen, sorry, didn't have strong games. Like they're kind of covering for them a lot of times, and especially in the Edmonton game too. I thought that too, that uh, the the backs after uh, Macon have gone down haven't done really well. Yeah, I mean for Zenga, to be honest, like what I saw in the second half looked dismal. Like like every time he had the ball and he tried to do, make a pass, he would just like over a couple of yards play it to an opponent. Like it was it was not good to see. I was sad to see that because I, I I like for Zenga and. I can only hope that he will improve. I'm not one to make excuses. I'm kind of hard on the team a lot of the time, but that's a lot of games and a lot of days. I'm just putting this whole game up to fatigue. Like, like I'm tired as a fan. Like, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. I've been putting a lot of time into watching these games, going to these games. And... I'm tired of these streams. Man. <laughs> that as well. It's so exhausting I... to zoom in, the ball watching. <laughs> yeah. So I can imagine what it's like to actually be running the full 90 so. for sure 
So, um, yeah, let's uh, not get too worried about this other loss. And, you know, in the standings, we're still the best expansion team. And we're better than Edmonton. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, there's still some positives, and like, I mean, none of the games were were ever super dominated or anything. Like we're doing all right. Oh yeah, we haven't been blown out. Like we've blown out other teams, but we haven't been blown out. So. And I think Elias going back to the Edmonton game and and then starting off in this game really showed he's maybe not a starter for us, but definitely a very strong player coming off the bench. I was really impressed. Like he's a short guy. And he held the ball really well through the midfield. And uh, I think if he improves on his intelligence a little bit, some of the quick passes. Yeah, Elias was uh, definitely impressive. Um, one thing that kind of bothered me is I'm not a big fan of players going to ground and acting like they're dead. Um, uh, oh, come on. He's half the size of everybody else on the team. Like He's going to get knocked over. Um, I thought I was actually surprised in the other way. Yeah, in this league, though, the referees, they, they remember those guys, and they get cards, and he got a card that game already. You mean a yellow flag? He got a yellow flag. <laughs> so there was no passing on the field. <laughs> For those at home wondering what we're talking about, uh, the broadcast, whenever there was a yellow card, a flag would appear at the top of the screen. So The shit we're dealing with in this league, eh? <laughs> they got to step it up. They got to step it up, but yeah. If only there was some kind of alternative, you know, for for cities to put in a team, you know, like another league or another some league sort that was more professionally run. But I don't think there is. No, no, no. there's just this the ISL North gotta, America. Yep. Yeah, we got to build it. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, no, but I thought I thought he was good, but the play acting and the simulation there has to it has to go away. I don't like seeing that. Yeah, I think the coaching staff will probably talk to him. I think the leadership uh, core and the, on the team will probably talk to him and probably tell him to. Calm it down a little bit, but uh, yeah, I, I'm very impressed with him. I'm uh, I'm very excited to see him play in the future. For sure. So I mean, th- this pretty much sums up the the game Atlanta because we don't want to put too much weight on it. To us, it was just you know a game that had to be played when we we're all exhausted, fans, players, staff included. So it's over, and uh, when next game we're going to be back at home and we're going to play against the Tampa Bay Rowdies and hopefully we'll blow them out of the water. And we will be right back after the music with the preview of the Tampa Bay Rowdies game in the NASL. So this Saturday, we're of course playing against the, against the Tampa Bay Rowdies, uh, I believe at 7 p.m. on Saturday. Yep, our first uh, night. weekend night game. Ooh, night game. Should be interesting. Yeah, and hopefully the weather will be nice by then. I mean, we've had three weeks of disgusting weather, so... I think it'll be double digits. Like, it'll be above 10 degrees. T-shirt weather! Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, above 10 degrees would be nice. Uh so what 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 can we expect from Tampa? Like who do we look out for? Like are are we green and yellow shirts? I green think. and yellow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hard Rock Cafe sponsor. Hard Rock, yeah. Yeah, they got a good uh, good attack. I mean they uh, they uh, picked up Ryan Shriver over the uh, off season. He was the leading goal scorer last year in the NSL. Did very well with Carolina. Yeah, and uh, pair him off with uh, Jordy Histrov, Histrov, who was the uh, NASL MVP last year. It's uh, probably one of the best attacks, one-two attacks in the NSL this year. 
They spent most of their money on uh, their keeper, right? Yeah, Matt Pickens from uh, Colorado. I believe we talked about him last week. He did have a great game, but then he played an amazing game last game. Yeah, we saw him two weeks ago. John and I watched a game here at your house, and uh, Pickens was responsible for all all the goals, basically. <laughs> yeah, he didn't look good, but didn't he end up saving a penalty in the same match? He did, yeah. Yeah. So he did sort of do some things well. <laughs> yeah. So maybe there's a reason he's not playing for the Rapids anymore. Yeah. Well, that's if you think that the NASL standards are below the MLS, which is, of course, no, foolish. No, they're equal leagues. Obviously, they're equal leagues. If yeah. not even better. Except the Seattle Sounders. Oh, the Ooh. Sounders. Oh, I love the Sounders. What a garbage <laughs> team. <laughs> but, I mean, Argentinian support culture has nothing compared to the Seattle uh, support. I mean, they have a marching band. Yeah, I, I think like Seattle has a, a total of three or four songs that they sing constantly. So yeah, but I mean, the the club is really ingrained into their society, and it's I mean, it's like Argentina. Like people don't really care about soccer. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's as long not, as they have some steak to eat. It's know? not like anybody's died in Argentina for football. <laughs> okay so back to the tampa bay game Uh, guys i know you guys are obsessed with the sounders but kendra normally does our editing but she's out of commission this week so So... you're gonna have to put up with all the crap (laughs) yeah i mean uh tampa tampa i mean whatever however well they do offensively i think kind of their weaknesses their back line uh their center backs are uh not very good I mean, the only uh, the only up the only good player on the back seems to be their left back, uh, Blake Wagner. He used to play on the uh, on the USA Under Twenty Three team. He also played for uh, FC Dallas, Real Salt Lake, and I believe he played uh, uh, he played on the White House when they were in NASL, and he played the year later when they were in the uh, the MLS. So, it's good pedigree on that guy. But so, it, it should be a good game. I mean, I think I think Tampa Bay's uh, done done rather well they've kind of lost they've kind of gave up gave up late goals they gave up uh, late goal to indy at indy and they gave up a late goal uh playing at home against edmonton so that's uh that's four points they could have easily had yeah they're close they're i think they're just above us in the table yeah so and and then our next game against san antonio they're just above us in the table too so yeah it's tampa and san antonio played uh, last week and tampa beat them in san antonio and uh, it was interesting because uh, tampa played uh, last Wednesday, they played a friendly against Orlando City, the yeah. USL team who's uh, going to eventually move up to the MLS. And Orlando won that game. Yeah, it was two nothing. Yeah, which but to be fair to Tampa, they didn't um, they didn't put out their best team, no. and they didn't take the game serious at all. And uh, if you know anything about Orlando fans, they they take everything seriously, maybe a little too seriously, and they made a big deal out of that win. So yeah, it's gonna be tough for them going from they played in San Antonio this weekend and they come all the way up to up to Ottawa here. It's, it's a, a long road trip, so hopefully that uh, works against them. Yeah, and of course we'll be at their hotel, like banging on their doors at two in the morning, like we have for where, every where team. Where did they actually coming. stay? <laughs> <laughs> actually, if you read the press report of uh, or like the press guide that the Ottawa Fury gives out, it tells you which uh, hotel all the teams are staying. In. So they're staying at Carlton Residence, I imagine. <laughs> they're all cleared out. Now. <laughs> yeah. So, so what kind of lineup should we uh, expect from the Fury for uh, this match? It's going to be interesting. We've got uh, big injuries. Uh, has there been any update on what happened to Mayar or how Mycon's doing? No. Did, did Mayar even uh, finish off the game? No, he came out he came like, crying. 
Yeah, so, he went down uh, once and then he went down again. Have he we looked, heard he even hurt. from any injuries coming back? Hyman's still out. Uh, Patterson's still out. Mycon, there's no new. It's getting there. quite thin. I mean, what do we have? Like a 23 person roster? Yeah. I think we got six entries, right? It was Ryan. Some are day to day. Yeah. Ryan's day to day, right? I would imagine so. It's going to be tough. There hasn't been a lot of news coming out. So, is... in terms of our uh, central backs, should we play Jeroen or Becky? Uh, I think we play both. I think maybe it's Trafford's turn to sit out. I think. Uh, Becky's done really well. And yeah, we haven't seen that com- combination yet. So. No. Uh, Becky's done rather well. The last game, probably he was a little off. I think everyone was a little off. Yeah. Jeroen played well when he did. Uh, Trafford. I think Trafford's done really well. The last few games, he's been kind of uh, disappointing, but I think he just needs rest. I think a uh, game off would do him a whole lot of good. For sure. And then, I mean, for the right back, we're probably going to see Frizenga again, I would imagine. And then left back Soria, the lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, he played. He's playing okay. Like he's not having any stand-up performances, but he's not doing any major screw-ups either, right? Yeah. One thing uh, Kendra was saying. She was saying that he's been quietly brilliant. Yeah. Like he's like he's. You don't don't see him make mistakes, but he's not making all the goals or big. And just for either. all our listeners out there, Kendra will be back next week. <laughs> Her brilliance will be back on the pod, so don't so worry. So keep listening. She will be back. <laughs> we just didn't pay her. So. Yeah. So, how about in the middle? So Richie, maybe Richie Ryan, maybe. Uh, I think Richie Ryan. If he he'll can go play because well. we need him. I mean, Ubi for sure. Donatelli. Donatelli. And then uh, go to Elias back. Maybe they give him. A, I'd like to know. see him at least. Half like yeah, bring him in. I want to see him in or so. To to be Good. fair to Elias, I think he had a much better game in Atlanta than Donatelli, who was invisible despite his hair. Couple good <laughs> services, but yeah, like it was it was probably his poorest game. But everyone played a poor game in Atlanta. But he was playing the Richie Ryan role, right? Yeah. So he, and he's more he's better offensively and and. Uh, it's better on the wing given the service. Yeah. Um. So up front. I, I, I want Dantas to start before Hayworth just because I, I want like a physically stronger guy uh, to be our target man. Like the way we play right now, we're, we're not, it's not conducive to like a, a little quick guy as much as I love Hayworth. Well, but our one big match, Hayworth was the one starting in the middle, produced a lot of goals that way. I, I kind of disagree if we're playing to our strengths, which is on the ground, we're probably better moving fast. And Hayworth provides that option through the middle. Um, and I'd prefer Dante's coming just... off the bench as, as that target man when we are playing a little bit more stretched. I agree with you, Matt, but I just feel like there aren't enough players in our lineup who can win those headers in the box. And like with Hayworth, there's so many balls that, that would be good crosses, but like he's either too short to win those headers or, or he's just not physically strong enough to, to win those duels. So that's why I prefer for, prefer Dantas in that case. Yeah, so the game is uh, it's 7 o'clock start, Carlton, right? 7 or 7.30? 7. 7. And uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies, if you don't know, historic franchise. They've had a lot of big names come through their system. Uh, they were part of the old NASL back in the day. So it's rich history. It's, it's something to check out. Everyone talks about the New York Cosmos. Um, I think this team 
as this team and the San Jose Earthquakes are two teams that often get overlooked for having a rich history. Having said that, speaking of the newer Cosmas, Raul, the mighty Raul of Spain, of former Real Madrid player and then of course Schalke player, has been linked to New York. And I know this is an old player, but he's a... He'll be 38. It will be 38, window, yeah. but he is a maestro. I think he could do the, the league a whole lot of good just for publicity. And I think, you know, a lot of soccer fans in cities like Ottawa, where people have sort of heard of the Fury, but they're not really motivated to come out yet. If they know they can see Raul play, you know, before he retires, like their last chance to see him, yeah. they're going to come out. We were talking about this, and we think that uh, it'll be, might be his first, if, he, if this, all these rumors are true, and maybe his first game with the Cosmos will be in Ottawa. Come, yeah, come TD Place opening. And the yeah, whole I think it's the last one too. If he's, <laughs> yeah. doesn't come in physical shape. Yeah, I mean, uh, looking back last year when uh, they picked up Marco Senna, he did really well for them last year. He scored the goal. He scored the winning goal in the Soccer Bowl 2013. Yeah. I think if he can have that sort of... I don't think they're going to trust him to win games, but I think he can... Uh, He's, I think he's smart and he's, he knows the game. And I think he's there to teach the young guys. And just for marketing, I mean, he'll just be like that wow factor. Yeah. Well, also the Cosmos, we might actually, they've been losing games and we might actually have a chance. I know we're talking about the Tampa Bay game or jumping way ahead here, but uh, the Cosmos, they'll be, they'll be in the middle of their big U.S. Open Cup run. And that's what that team is built for. That's, they, they care more about that than the league. And uh, so they might not, like, Ottawa has a chance to win this game against the Cosmos. So it'll be interesting. It'll be, it'll, it's the game I'm looking forward to, not because it's the New York Cosmos, but because of the situation. Like, it's all coming to the head, post-World Cup, new stadium, new players for hopefully our team and, and the Cosmos. It should be interesting. Yeah, I'm very excited for that game. I'm, I'm interested to see how many people come out to that game because I think a lot of people, as we touched on last week, are waiting for uh, Lansdowne Open to make an appearance as a Fury fan. For sure. So we had a listener question this week. We asked, do you think the Ottawa Fury FC need to make any changes to their squad this summer? Um, what do you guys think? Uh, I think there's some, there's some uh, depth problems. Uh, center back seems to be a big problem. Uh, I mean, depth-wise, uh, Jeroen, Mason Trafford, and Becky played a lot. This so far this season, uh, forward, the wings, again, a lot of depth problems. Midfield, they're really, really deep in midfield, but every other position except for goalie, I think, is a is a, a, a need they need to address over the summer. Yeah, I think we look good in goal. We have three keepers. Uh, some haven't even got a chance to prove themselves yet, but uh, I, I would like to see some height and some younger legs on the back line. Um, I would also like to see some height in the middle. Uh, we were saying how there's some good service there a couple games ago, and the balls were just going over people's heads. So uh, it'd be nice if they brought in three players and uh, you know brought the 23 roster up to 26. Yeah, I think I remember Mark at the beginning of the season talking about having 26 and saving some of those spots for the summer to see what the problems might be. I don't know what the budget's going to be like, uh, and really what kinds of players are available. I don't know if there's going to be some MLS drop-off or we'll get to see some uh, maybe 
uh, Mark's Brazilian connections. Maybe we have, do we have one more international spot? No, we're all full. So we're looking at Americans and Canadians, eh? Yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot. Drop. So uh, at Ryan Petrinka said, no, they need more time to gel as a team. New players will throw off chemistry. And I tend to agree with Ryan a little bit because it's not like we're not a competitive team. We're doing pretty well. We've had bad luck with injuries. Yes, our results aren't as uh, amazing as they could be, but let's keep in mind that we're an expansion team. And we just have to get through the spring season. Then we'll have, I don't know how long off, like a month at least. And by that time, all, a lot of our injuries will return and uh, that will give us a lo lot more options. Um, I mean, I would like to see some kind of signing like Raul. <laughs> no, but like some awesome player that everybody recognizes at yeah. some point in Ottawa. Would you, be you'd really like to see awesome. the big name player? Yeah. I think we could get away <laughs> with getting like like a big name player that played for Montreal like a, or a player that played for Toronto or Vancouver. Like De Rosario, for example. Someone like that. It's too big? No, no, there's just too funny. There's too Yeah, there's... The, no, but the, like type of player, you know, someone yeah. who's over the hill, but the big name that but everyone a, in Canadian a, a soccer rec will recognize. A recognized name among Canadian soccer fans. I think that would... I think we're more likely to see something like that than we would see like a 36-year-old European. Yeah, and I mean, that's fine. Let's just throw a name out there. David Edgar got released today by uh, Burnley. We'll yeah, but move I it up to the just can't see him wanting to play on the NASL level at this stage in his career. We can only dream. And there's, yeah. <laughs> and there's a player I've thrown out there many times. Like uh, Adakora has not seen one minute yet for DC United. I and I don't believe he's injured. I've been tracking him and he's not injured. He hasn't seen one minute for DC United. Like, like wouldn't you rather play in Canada than go play in Finland? I don't know. Like, I don't know what his options are. But like players like that, there's a lot of players under the radar. That they could pick up. Yeah, what about Trafford's brother? Yeah. Charlie Trafford. Charlie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it could be. But it's something like the team has to make some. I think I think they have to make some changes. I think we're going to see three three new players. Maybe drop one or two. You never know. That's an interesting point. So who would you drop from the squad? Well, it would be. Is it a matter of dropping him, or does MLS or maybe a team overseas? pick up yeah. a guy from us so maybe minitel moves gets transferred out to oh, that league. would be heartbreaking though it Be would. becky does becky maybe get picked up if an mls team really likes him yeah i think i think that's the other side of the equation is that we've got some players that could go elsewhere yeah could go up so i think even even adding three young players that aren't quite ready to be our starting lineup but are adding depth we also have to remember we've got a lot of one-year contracts. We don't know if all these players are going to stay around, even if they do start to gel. So we need to start looking towards the future with some younger players that might be kind of like Elias, ready to play half a game, but not quite ready to lead. I still think that you know this is a team in progress, and we're... We're in the spring season right now, which is just like a big experiment, like an extension of, of preseason friendlies, in my view. And then in the fall season, the same team could look totally different and could be more competitive with that experience that they've gained from the spring season. But at the same time, uh, this is a mistake I've seen other teams do. Is other teams get better as the year go on too, and other teams gel, and other. So I I, I don't want to put the bar too low. 
Yeah. And I, I don't mind. I think they should uh, change, tinker a bit and change the odd player and stuff. And I think it's unrealistic to go a full season without any changes on a team. That's completely unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Dos Santos is, it's like in his plans from what I've seen. And I don't think we're going to see any major changes to the structure of this team. I think they've got their spine more or less set. And uh, I think he's got the plan and he's going to take the guys out who aren't really playing to the plan and he's going to get a few more to back it up. Yeah, I mean, Mark DeSantos definitely had a, a strong vision of how this team was going to play in a system it would, it would implement. And I think the spring season is good for him to see what player fits and what player doesn't fit. And maybe if a player doesn't fit, maybe get rid of him and get, bring in someone who maybe fits that system a lot better. It's hard. It's really hard picking guys you maybe haven't seen a lot of come in with a bunch of new guys and have them fit into his system like Ottawa does play. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to continue to closely monitor the developments, of course. And um, that pretty much brings us to the end of the current uh, episode five. But we'll be back next week. And if you want to get in touch with us, our Twitter feed is uh, feed. Our Twitter handle is at Ottawa Fury. Um, Blogsmith, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, you can get me on Twitter at uh, BlogFuryFC. And Ryan? Uh, you can send things about the Seattle Sounders to at Coxon, at C-O-X-O-N. And Matt, I don't think you use Twitter very actively, but uh, if some people want to get in touch with you and contribute to your PhD project <laughs> or want to help you to find a proper thesis, how can they do that? I'm actually on Twitter. Um, you can get me at, at mhawken2. Very good. And I'm uh, at foosball underscore A. And uh, if you have any questions, please let us know. And uh, please review us on iTunes. That would be great if you could leave us uh, positive reviews. And uh, we should also be available on Stitcher now and on Windows phones and another couple different open source uh, podcast hosters. If there's um, any that you want to see us on, let us know via Twitter. So we'll see you all next week. Bye. 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 Auf Wiedersehen.